But I also think there needs to be a culture change, right? There needs to be a culture change around mm-hmm. like like what's normal and like what's acceptable. Bienvenidos a Estoy Aquí. We are your hosts, Catherine Castro and Catherine Borgen, Guerreras de Cultura and Justicia, bringing you your bi-weekly dose of spice. I'd like to start by saying that this was probably one of my favorite episodes to work on. KB and I spent some time with our friend Eileen Pagan, an LGBTQ art therapist based in Atlanta late last year. We discussed coming out in more ways than one, how being from Miami imposes itself on parts of your identity and ways to help propel change. This story is so unique in itself, so beautiful and honestly, truly inspiring. For those of us who didn't have unique experiences like this, turn to this as a shining light. This one made me excited. We would like to give you guys a disclaimer, though. Sexuality is a topic of today's episode. Uh, We may use some trigger words or speak about topics that you may deem inappropriate. So please look at the summary on wherever you listen to your podcast for full disclosure. My name is Eileen Pagan. Um, I use they, them pronouns. I identify as genderqueer, non-binary, queer, Puerto Rican, Boricua as fuck. Yeah, I'm a therapist, a healer, I'm an artist. Casey, for our listeners who aren't familiar with terms such as genderqueer and non-binary, care to explain? Definitely. Needless to say, I'm no expert and I'm certainly not here to dictate anyone's identity. But from what I've gathered, genderqueer relates to having a gender identity that is other than male or female, is a combination of two genders or is on a continuum between the two genders. And non-binary and genderqueer can actually be used interchangeably. Again, not an expert, but from what I've read, it relates to gender that that falls outside of the gender binary model. So essentially, you have the ability to choose and set your own parameters, your own boundaries when it comes to gender and gender identity. From my understanding, it's something very similar. So being queer identifies that more than two gender identities exist. So being queer essentially looks outside of our reproductive physiology, embracing socially constructed masculine and feminine traits as universal human traits. Again, using air quotes for masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was familiar with such terms and never really dove into them, to be honest, KB. Even identifying as a queer woman, I knew who I was and I knew what I felt, but didn't do any more digging into that. But I did come across this really interesting article in Cosmo out of all places, uh, <laughs> about the meaning of non-binary and how we can become better allies. And it's honestly all in the little things, you know, asking to understand, using correct pronouns, and standing up and speaking out. I agree with you. I actually did a lot of research too, and my bigger takeaway with queerness and gender identity is that it's really not all the same for one person. It's mm-hmm. a different experience for everyone, and exactly. only you for yourself really know who you were meant to be and who you are. Exactly. It's just another form of identity, to be honest. Just like um, we're Latinas, we identify as women or non-binary or whatever it is that we identify as. We identify as badass, you know what I mean? You know like it's it. all <laughs> it's all 
it's all subjective. It's up to you and it's how you feel at the end of the day. No one can take that away from you, which is also why I mentioned I'm not an expert. I, everybody is allowed to feel and be who they want to be. Exactly, Casey. I really couldn't say it any better. I mean, genitals at the end of the day don't tell men that they can't wear lipstick or wear dresses. And they also don't tell women that they need a wait to be proposed to. I think mm-hmm. that gender constructs really just limit our freedom of expression and individuality. And as a society, we just really need to do away with all of that. Girl, preach. experience a moment right like let's say even like this moment right now right when you talk about it or when you think about it you don't think about it in words you think about it in images right you think about it in sense you think about it in tactile like what you drink the beer we're drinking like the table the way that everything feels the the cicadas right like you you hear that you see the green you don't think about the words that come associated to that what art therapy does is that it it grabs those moments in the most authentic ways right because you don't you're not using words you're using the most authentic way that you experience a specific trauma and a specific experience you're using that language to explore that that's beautiful yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. It's like sensory overload. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it is. And that's why it's like so important, right? Like there are so many therapists who think that, oh yeah, it's cute. It's cute. Like let's bring art into session. And they don't realize that when you're doing that, you're not being a good therapist because you're not trained to catch things, right? Like I'm trained to catch things that someone is specifically drawing. I'm trained to catch the way that people are drawing, right? Like if you have someone who's experiencing a lot of suicide, suicidal ideation or like are experiencing like really intense like de- like depressive sim- symptoms right and um if you give them pain they're gonna be overwhelmed right because mm-hmm. like when you think of pain it's like not it's loose right it's not control you can't control it it creates chaos and when someone is actively living in a sense in a place of chaos if you give them something that's chaotic you're just continuing that cycle and you're not giving them the tools to contain that and so that's kind of what art therapy does it like provides it models tools um through art making on how to cope and how to use those tools in real life cool how does that tie into the lgbtq community because i know you work very closely with Mm -hmm. that i mean i'm i'm tied into lgbtq community because i'm a part of it right Mm -hmm. and because i live it it's my lived experience um and so for me, um, I've, I've only ever worked within the LGBTQ community or within my community, right? So for me, what that meant was a level of not only like connection, but separation at the same time, right? Because a lot of the stories and a lot of the experiences, a lot of the traumatic experiences that I hear from my clients, I can relate to at a certain level because they're probably experiences that I've had as well or people that I've loved have had I connect with my clients in a really intense way in ways that like I don't think people who aren't from that community could connect through art making I feel like we connect those threads right I feel like we connect the threads that kind of connect us all in that community Mm -hmm. um in healing ways shit 
That holds so much power. The way they describe the different mediums, different terminology that they use to describe, uh, this is a form of therapy. It's a language for healing. Quote, grabbing moments as most authentic. Wow. Yes. This conversation with Eileen sparked an interest in me, honestly. I wanted to explore the way in which I could grab my own authentic moments to navigate my emotions and explore the things that have been going through my head. It's been therapeutic. Art really just activates and builds your power to heal your own spirit. Mm, yes. And because I'm so unfamiliar with art therapy as form of healing within the LGBTQ community, I decided to do a little digging bee. Tell me more. Well, I found this scholarly article published early last year that describes gender gender identity, but most importantly, it relates to what we've been discussing right now, the importance of art therapy within the LGBTQ community. Overall, it just really mirrored what Eileen mentioned. Artistic expression can offer prospects for understanding and increased empathy towards socially excluded groups such as the LGBTQ community. And so what this does is provides a space where individuals can express what they are unable to do so in words with different mediums and providing some tangible something tangible for their feelings and experiences can actually facilitate this kind of connection. You know, Eileen's work is so damn impactful for the LGBTQ community. Studies have shown that during the coming out process, levels of the emotional and physical well-being really decreased considerably. And LGBTQ folks are at an increased risk for major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, eating disorders, panic disorders, drug dependencies compared to the rest mm. of, to the general population. The good news is there's also growing evidence in support of a relationship between personal creative expression and sexual identity as well as between expressiveness and physical and emotional art. Art is healing. I went home to my parents' house. Like it was freshman year, so I went home to go do laundry, of course. And uh, I was folding my laundry and I was talking to my mom. I was like, hey, so like how would you feel if I told you that I started liking like other like people who aren't cis men? And she was like, Did you hook up with someone? Like what what do you mean? I was like, Yeah, I did. I like had sex with someone last night and like again, like my relationship with my parents are super open. So like I used mm-hmm. to talk I would talk about sex with my mom and like she was always really supportive. Um, she bought me condoms when I first started having sex. Yeah, and then she was like, you know what? Like, just make sure that that's what you like and, like, that's the, what you want to do. And if that's what you want to do, like, I still love you. I still support you. Yeah. Um, you're still my child, and I, you know, I'm here for you. And outside of your parents, did you feel like it was more difficult for you to come out to your community, or was it about the same? It was about the same, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. everyone was really supportive. Like, I didn't have a lot of friends in high school, um, so, you know, I didn't keep friends in high school, but in college, everyone I knew was gay. Everyone I knew, like, was a lesbian. Like, I, I, I was in the art department, so, like, a lot of people are, like, fluid and fluctuating and, like, you know, exploring. And so it was, like, a pretty easy place. And plus it's, like, college at a liberal arts college, so everyone was pretty fluid. Cool. So you talked about coming out to your mom. Did you also have to come out to your dad? Yeah. So I did it that same day. I think he, like, walked in as we were folding laundry. And my mom was like, did you hear that? To, like, my dad? You know, and he was like, no. Like, what's going on? And, and then my mom was like, oh, did you know that, you're, that your child's gay? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> like, 
what? And then uh, my dad was like, oh, cool. Me too. <laughs> but, like, not serious, right? Like, he was just saying he likes women. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then, like, I, it, it was this really beautiful moment in the next coming months, like, with my family where, like, my brother came out as bisexual. And then we both came out of as queer, like, later on. And then my dad started telling me stories of like his own like exploration with men and how like that shaped him and like his sexuality and like the same with my mom like my mom used to like hook up with women and like how that shaped like it just like there was like after coming out it kind of like opened these gates of like what the sexuality looked like in my family and that was really cool that is really awesome. It's yeah. very unlike a lot of experience I've yet. Well, I've heard so far. Yeah. Especially people coming from Latin American cultures and Miami. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how incredibly fantastic it is for them to have had such a positive and supportive community of people to have their back? I wish you guys can see me nodding this head, girl. I know. (laughs) Like we've mentioned before, everyone's experience is unique. I once read, quote, the experience of being queer in a Latinx family is as diverse as the community itself. That's for damn sure. I mean, for some, coming out is a more loaded experience. Taking into account religion, like most Latinx families have strong religious ideologies, machismo, Mm. deep-rooted homophobic attitudes, and last, and Lord knows this is definitely not least, language barriers. Mm. Say that again, because amen. Mm -hmm. These are all obstacles I personally had to deal with and I can attest that most of my Latinx friends especially being first generation in this country or going back to a previous episode second generation immigrants have had to experience and maneuver around when coming out however it's nice to be able to come across a a coming out experience like Eileen's it really does give me hope I mean, not to mention, as second-generation immigrants, we have taught and continue to teach those that came before us, such as our Mm. parents. These are new ideals and customs for them. It's completely new to them, and sometimes we don't we can't really find the language and like the words to explain it to them in in a way that they can actually understand it. It's Mm -hmm. as difficult to maneuver through these spaces for them as it is for us. Gender wise, it was like, it was like my second year of college. Um, I came home from like this camp I used to do in Seattle. Yeah. I came back from camp my first year and like, it was like my whole world had changed. Like I did not know that there were like possibilities that I was able to like explore my gender in the ways because I was never taught that. I was never shown that, right? Like I was never shown that I could be something else or someone else or that someone else could be living in my body. And to give like expression and word to that was really, really amazing. I thought this was necessary to highlight because it's important to make the distinction. Especially as we learn in order to really understand So, Casey, in Eileen's case, they came out twice? Exactly. They came out with their sexuality first, then with their gender. Again, experiences that are unique to each individual. Oftentimes, society has these really unrealistic expectations of an individual to behave in a certain way depending on their biology. Um, Men are expected to be masculine, quote-unquote, and women, again, expected to be feminine. And Mm. though we all express femininity and masculinity as we deem fit for ourselves and relate to it accordingly, society still really doesn't understand that. Ah, the beauty of being free, huh? Society may not 
agree, and your lion-ass parents may not understand, but we are allowed to be who we want to be. Gender is your own grasp of who you are as a woman, a man, an alien, all the above or other, regardless of physical characteristic, genes, or hormones. I'm definitely part alien, part croqueta. <laughs> Girl, don't get me started. Especially like growing up in Miami, right? Like if you identify as a woman or if you identify as a femme or whatever, like it's like you have to be like super femmy, like you have to be like super skinny, like you have to have like a fat ass, like fat, like it's just like, <laughs> yes, girl, yeah, like it's Seriously. just like you have to shave, like you have to look good all the time, you have to have your nails done, if you don't have your nails done, you look like trash, like mm-hmm. it's just like this whole expectation. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And the same with men, right? Like, men have a whole expectation. They gotta mm-hmm. be buff. They gotta have abs. They gotta look good. They gotta, like, have a certain fate. Like, it's just, like, it's, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. And it doesn't need to exist. Like, it doesn't need to exist in these binaries that people can, like, exist in different binaries. So do you feel that being a Miami native, does that at all tie into your identity or sense of self? I feel like it ties into, like my racial identities um, as being Latinx. And then, like, I think it ties into, like, my shame around my gender and my sexuality. I think it, like, definitely ties into, like, the ways that I was ingrained to live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in that sense, it does. Like, I, I have lots of love for Miami, and it'll definitely be a place where, like, I call home. But I would never move back because I think that it's just... There's so much stigma Mm -hmm. of being part of the LGBTQ community. Like, you wouldn't think about it, but it is. Like, unless you're dragging, like, it's, like... And even Mm -hmm. when you're dragging, right? Like, people, like, make fun of you or, like... It's just... It's not supportive. Yeah, if you're not in the community, they don't understand. Yeah. It's no secret that Miami and superficiality go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean... I've never been a size four bikini bod, Instagram model type, and it took me a real long time to be comfortable in my own skin due to stigmas that were imposed on me just from being from where I am, Latinx and born in Miami. Girl, I'm shaped like a croqueta, okay? <laughs> always have been and always probably will, but... At least croquetas are yummy. But mm-hmm. back to your point, though, Eileen hit that nail on the head. There are, again, societal expectations of both men and women to portray themselves in a certain way. I, for one, like growing up, really did not feel like I fit into these classifications of being male or female. And I mm. think the Miami experience just made me feel guilty about that. It made me feel like I was a complete outsider. One thing that they did mention was not only racial identity tied into being from Miami, but so was their shame about gender and sexuality. I definitely felt that one. Yeah, honey, preach. As mentioned before, when coming out, some of the hurdles you encounter deal with religion, machismo, and just plain old world mentalities to present yourself eloquently always in front of others. Always. Mm-hmm. Never make it known that you're unlike the rest. And personally, it made it difficult to communicate to my family what I really felt growing up and what I was experienced. I didn't want to, quote, disappoint them. If there's anything you can change about Miami, what... You know, based on what you've learned and maybe things you can take back with you based on your your field experience in this area, um, what would it be? 
Like, I know I've been talking a lot of shit about Miami, but to be honest, like, I think that it's, it just, like, there needs to be a lot more support. Like, I think people don't think about Miami because they think about it as a vacation spot. They don't think about it as people actually living there. Um, And that's a problem, right? In the same way as that, like, people don't think about Puerto Rico as, like, an Mm -hmm. island. They think about it as a vacation spot. They think about it, like, Honduras. They think about El Salvador. They think Nicaragua, right? Like, they think of Mexico, right? They think about all these places as, like, vacation spots, not as, like, people actually living there. Um, And it's because there's, like lots of black and brown people right like they don't care and so the services that are provided are not provided in miami um like i think there are some services but there isn't a large community and that's that's a big problem right because a lot of lgbtq people exist in miami right and like especially a lot of like lgbtq people who are latinx right like like they exist lots of undocumented folks who are lgbtq and like who are hiv positive mm-hmm. who are like latinx right like those people exist in miami predominantly in miami because of where we're at there aren't enough services geared towards lgbtq people mm-hmm. um, who are experiencing all of these other identities and or are holding all of these other identities in their bodies mm-hmm. and so i think that needs to change but I also think there needs to be a culture change, right? There needs to be a culture change around, mm-hmm. like, like what's normal and, like, what's acceptable. Miami is, like, super fatphobic. Like, mm-hmm. they treat, like, they treat women's bodies like property and they treat women's bodies as, like, something to, like, change and morph. And it's like, no, like, you can just be yourself. Like, you don't have to change who you are and you don't have to fit a certain stereotype or, like, a certain body to, like, be seen, right? And, like, and, like there has to be a culture change around, like... I don't know, like, seeing, like, people as people. And also, like, racism in Miami, too. Like, that's that's super prevalent. Yeah. Like, black people are left out of the conversation all the time Afro-Latinos. Yeah, Afro-Latinos are left out of the conversation all the time. And that's, yeah. like, that's a huge problem in Miami. So it's just, like, things like that need to change. There needs to be a huge shift in, the in like, the thinking of people in Miami to start accepting people and not being, like, ignorant to the idea that, like, these people with these identities can exist and that they also need support and they also can have the opportunity to thrive. Not just survive, but thrive. Mm-hmm. The whole not to thrive, not to survive, but thrive. Girl, as beautiful as our city is, there needs to be a call to action. Well, what do you think that can be, KB? Educate yourself, people. Educate yourselves. Always. History Miami Museum has actually curated a Queer Miami exhibition starting March 16th, highlighting the history of queer people in Miami-Dade County. It's set to show the isolation, discrimination, and violence that the LGBTQ community has experienced. It also showcases the spaces they had to carve out for themselves and showcases the mark that they left on our city. Please, guys, don't sleep on that. Go check it out. History Miami always curates great things. If I were there, I'd probably go check that out. But um, getting back to it, be the example, guys. I know it's difficult to be the driving force behind change in your circles, whether it be family or friends. It needs to start somewhere, so why not with you? There are also a plethora of resources out there. I found a really cool article highlighting the different ways a family can look like all over the Americas. Yeah, Fundación Arcoiris in Mexico has a campaign with the tagline, everyone, independent of their sexual orientation or gender identity, has the right to form a family. Yep, strides being made all over will only take us a step closer to unity and understanding. 
Exactly. Changes at a household level, having mm. conversations on the ground. That's where the change starts. The change starts with you. There's actually one organization in D.C. I'd like to bring up. For those of you in the DMV area, it's called The Sanctuaries. Go to thesanctuaries.org for more information. So basically, they're, they consider themselves as a sacred space where artists of diverse racial and religious backgrounds could build and trust and take collective action. Today, their community comprises over 150 local artists working across artistic media from creative writing to hip hop and screen printing. They offer personalized coaching, rigorous training, mutual support, and they really empower rising, empower rising leaders to put their creative and spiritual lives in the service of social change. Some artists have, are even embedded with grassroots campaigns amplifying immigrant or LGBTQ voices. Check them out for more info. All right, guys. Well, that's our episode. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We could not have done this without you. Um, make sure to rate and review us wherever you, t- you get your podcasts. And stay tuned in another two weeks for an amazing episode. Thank you, guys. Today's episode was brought to you by our producer, Maria Wartel, and music brought to you by First World, and of course, all of you. Besitos. Ciao.